Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Our health talk today focusing on constipation. Dr. Mark Ostrovsky is a specialist physician at the Charlotte Matrake Johannesburg Academic Hospital and the Witz Donald Gordon Medical Center. Uh, good morning, Dr. Ostrovsky. I hope I'm pronouncing your surname correctly. Hi, uh, good morning, Kathy. You're spot on. Okay, great, great. So we're talking about uh, constipation and other uh, stomach ailments today. Let's firstly begin with what causes constipation. I mean, if you're probably a living, walking, breathing human being, you've, you've experienced constipation at one point or another in your life. But what causes it? So I think, actually, maybe let's start with what is constipation because um, people in the public actually sometimes have a misconception of what it actually means to be constipated. Um, so I think if we can start there, uh, you know, there's been various sort of definitions, um, you know, listed as to what it may be. But one of the common definitions used is that people pass less than three stools a week spontaneously without the use of laxatives. Uh, so that generally tends to be um, a good place to start. It's not the only component of constipation. Uh, you know, we look at things like, you know, do, do patients need to strain regularly? Do they need to manually remove stool themselves? Um, you know, is there bleeding when they go to the loo? So, so we look at a, a cluster of sort of symptoms. Uh, but it is important that, um, you know, that people out there know that, uh, you know, constipation has a variety of, of definitions. Um, but the key is really if, if they're not opening their bowels as regularly as they normally would. Um, and then getting to your question about um, about the causes, so, you know, the, the, again, there are a variety of causes of constipation. Uh, for, for us as medical doctors, what we advise our patients is the, the, the very big important things are we look for red flag signs or alarm signs in patients who have constipation. So, you know, those are important. That is if, you know, patients are losing weight unexpectedly or unintentionally, uh, if they've noticed blood in their stool. Um, you know, these are very, very important. Also, the duration, if the constipation has come on all of a sudden, maybe just within a month, uh, it is not a long-standing problem. Uh, and then, very importantly, if patients have got a family history of colon cancer or inflammatory bowel disease, you know, this, this for us as medical practitioners is an alarm warning that we can't just say, you know, this is functional or uh, this can be treated with dietary changes. Those are patients that definitely need a workup. It's interesting, Doc, because one of the things that you, you started off by saying is that there is a misunderstanding amongst the general public about what causes, about what constipation is. Mm. So from a medical point of view, you know, how do you distinguish between whether somebody is actually constipated or if they may be just not having a good day or good week? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's a great question. Um, so that's why, you know, we would need to, you know, take a very important and thorough history on, our, on the patient in front of us to say, right, you know, is this just their conception, you know, that they're maybe just struggling a little bit, but they're still going regularly? Uh, or in fact, you know, no, they actually aren't indeed constipated. And again, you know, we look at the duration, we look at, you know, how often they're passing a, a, a bowel movement. Um, and, and what's very important also is as a, as a medical practitioner, and if there are medical practitioners uh, listening out there, is not to, you know, uh, tiptoe around the topic and, and not to be embarrassed or shy to ask important questions. You know, we need to know, is the patient having to manually evacuate their stool themselves? It's a very important question. 
so, so you know, the patient themselves need to be honest and open and not um, and not embarrassed uh, to tell us their problems. And also, furthermore, the doctor, we need to be probing with our questions, obviously in a respectable and respectful manner, but we must make sure we ask the important questions. How does how does one get over the embarrassment? And I can imagine as a doctor, you know, uh, this being one of your specialist fields, you're sure. used to uh, all sorts of things. And so there's really nothing that will strike you. But from a patient point of view, and again, the advice that you're, you're giving to other doctors, how do we get over the embarrassment of all of it? Sure. Uh, you know, working in the gastroenterology field, you know, we... Uh, <laughs> We, we are not embarrassed by much or, or we are not shy of anything. Um, so uh, we're okay on that front. But, but you know, you're right. And for some reason, it becomes a bit of a taboo topic, you know, mm. stool and, and, mm. and people talking about it. I think it's the way the doctor approaches it. Mm. Uh, I think they need to make, you need to set a rapport with your patients. Um, you need to, you know, gain your patient's trust. Uh, and you need to just, Talk openly and honestly with your patient and really just put them in and say, you know, you're here to help them. Uh, but in order to do that, you really need to know exactly what is going on uh, and what symptoms they're experiencing. And, and I feel that if we as doctors can develop a good rapport with the patient, they are more likely to, um, you know, to come forward with these so-called embarrassing or which is the wrong term, but these sort of taboo sort of um, mm. symptoms that they're experiencing. Mm-mm. In terms of the causes of constipation, how does one go about identifying what may be causing it? Right. So, so again, a great question. Um, you know, we look at our patient as a whole and, uh, you know, you look at various factors, like I mentioned, the, the most important thing is, the you know, those red flag features that we would look out for, uh, which would tell us that we really do need to do some further investigation. Um you know, again, the duration of how long it's been going on for is very important, the age of the patient and those red flag symptoms. Uh, you know, in terms of a workup, there, there are, there, there's something called primary constipation where there isn't a, a secondary cause. But what we do need to make sure as doctors is that we rule out secondary causes in the appropriate patients. So, you know, certain very important causes are if patients are taking medications for other reasons. Often we need to get a good drug history from the patient. They may be unaware that they're taking something for another condition altogether, but that in fact can cause constipation. There's a whole multitude of medications, often pain medications that patients might be on, uh, are inadvertently worsening their constipation. Things, certain supplements like iron supplements can also do it. So, you know, again, as a doctor, you need to take a very good uh, history, thorough mm, history, particularly mm. on medications. And then certain disease processes, you know, if patients have got uh, thyroid diseases or, or diabetes, um, we, you know, we as doctors need to be vigilant to look after that because that could absolutely contribute to the constipation itself. Um, so that's very important. Uh, and, you know, previous surgical procedures that they may have had, if they've had any neurological conditions like a stroke, mm. uh, that could be a contributing factor. So it really comes down to, you know, the patient or the, the public, the person in public who, who really is out there struggling with constipation, we would really recommend at least starting out by seeing a general practitioner at the beginning point. And then from there, we, you know, the general practitioner can, can do an assessment and then evaluate and decide who needs what sort of referral. Mm. If you are suffering from any other gastrointestinal disorder, so whether it's IBS or stomach ulcers, mm. etc., is it guaranteed that you will automatically suffer from constipation? 
No, it's not. Again, a good okay. question. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of irritable bowel syndrome, I'm glad you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are various forms of irritable bowel syndrome, and there's a specific type that is associated with constipation. So, uh, you know, these, again, are the symptoms these sort of patients tend to have are really, it's a, it's a long-standing issue. It tends to occur more frequently in, in, in ladies, uh, and it generally starts at a younger age. Um, and these symptoms are really recurrent abdominal pain, uh, and that's really what tends to bother the patient significantly, together with bloating and cramping. Um, and then they may say to you, look, you know, I'm really struggling to, to pass stool as well. So IBS itself can be uh, associated absolutely with constipation. Mm-hmm. There's uh, various forms of it. There's other forms that are associated with diarrhea. Um, in terms of peptic ulcer disease, that's not really associated with constipation per se. Mm. Uh, but again, certain medications that may be prescribed could could have an effect and could cause constipation. We're in conversation with Dr. Mark of Ostrovsky, uh, who is talking to us today about constipation. And of course, uh, I'll also be taking your calls on this matter. If you want specific advice from the doctor, the number to use 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006. And the WhatsApp line is 0614-104-107. Of course, Dr. Mark, one of the big questions that we all ask us ask ask ourselves when we are suffering from constipation is how to deal with it now there are all sorts of remedies um sure. that are out there but i suppose from a doctor's perspective what is the best thing to do so uh look again an, an excellent question and that that's really what people want to know i suppose mm. um so, you know, again, there's a variety of ways of approaching constipation. Um, very, very important, really. Probably the best advice is just to have a good, regular, balanced diet, uh, trying to stay away from fast uh, fast foods, uh, processed foods. Um, you know, you really want to get a good amount of fiber in your diet, uh, which we can sort of uh, unpack a little further in a little bit. Uh, exercise is absolutely important and key. Uh, you know, as you exercise your muscles, those muscles are utilized well. When you exercise, it gets the, the bowels going. So that's very, very important. Uh, and a very good amount of water intake is also important. Um, you know, throughout the day, you know, six to eight glasses of water a day is very important unless you have conditions that preclude you from that, like cardiac failure or renal failure. Um, so again, in context, obviously, but, but you know, a good a good amount of hydration is, is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, those are sort of the basic, you know, the basics to to, um, to sort of deal with up front. Um, another very important thing to just mention um, is how you approach approach going to the loo. Um, I think that's not discussed with people, and people tend to have maybe a, a misconception of how, how it should be done. You know, there's, there's evidence that, you know, your bowel tend to work best in the morning and about mm-hmm. 30 minutes after a meal. So that's important. We really try and tell our patients at, at length not to spill the toilet for too long and not to strain uh, because, you know, by doing so, you actually increase the anxiety associated with the constipation. You also mm-hmm. increase the chance of developing piles, uh, which will cause even further distress to the person. Um, so, and the other very important thing is to heed nature's call. When you need to go, you got to go. If you wait for too long, <laughs> you lose that urge. Mm. So mm. it's to not hold it in, but when you gotta go, you gotta go. Mm. Mm. Sure, who knew there was an entire etiquette to <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, just listening to you say it, I'm like, okay, okay, this is interesting. Never thought about it before, especially yeah. in terms of the times and when is a good time to sure. go. Let sure. me go to the fo- let me go to the phone lines, Doctor Mark. Sure. Graham in Durban. Good morning. Morning, Kathy. Um, my first time on your show. It's good to see hear well, you. Welcome, welcome to, to the show, Graham. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Doctor, I have a question. Um, it doesn't pertain sure. to me, but it pertains to a relative of mine, uh, a lady. And she advised me the other day that she only goes to the toilet to have a bowel movement about once a month. And yet she seems to be in apparent good health. And I said, do you have any ill effects with this? She said, no, it's just that's how I am. And I find that kind of counterintuitive, if you like. Um, sure. It shouldn't be the case. Have you anything um, to say about that or any comment on that? Sure. Sorry, I, I didn't hear. How old did you say um, the person is? The person is, is approximately 65, 66, somewhere around there. Okay, and has she had any sort of workup done at all for this constipation? Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay, so just a very important point on that is um, people from the age of 50 years old, and in fact from 45 even, mm. should be having their, their first screening colonoscopy uh, to look for any uh, any anything untoward, right? So that, that goes. that's whether you are or are not constipated. That's whether you are completely normal, normal bowel habits. That's to now look for any polyps or anything uh, anything sinister. Now, in, in this case, so she's 65 with constipation. So that alone tells me, I, I know you say she's in otherwise good health, but as a medical practitioner there, she's 65 and, and, and she already needs a colonoscopy regardless, even if she wasn't constipated, right? So mm. uh, for my mind, she would would definitely um, warrant a workup. And in terms of the fact that she's going once a month, um, you know, that that's absolutely not normal for anybody, um, and it's mm. unhealthy. Mm. So yep. she really does need to um, have, you know, she should start at least at a general practitioner where some basic blood can be done, uh, an x-ray to see if she's fecally loaded, uh, you know, she's maybe just made peace with this in her mind that this is her new normal. Mm. Um, but in fact, uh, it really does warrant uh, a workup. All right. All right, Graham. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call. Sure. Graham out in Durban. Just on that note, uh, Doctor, is there a, a, a pre-described number of times that one should be going in a week, in a day? What's the, what's, what's, what's the benchmark that we're working against here? I suppose, you know, the benchmark is probably ordinarily you would go once a day. I think that's kind of generally speaking as a generalization, you know, a bowel movement once a day is probably normal. But again, mm. you know, there's uh, caveats to that. Again, if you are passing less than, than three stools a week, so if you're going less than every other day, uh, I would say, you know, that, that is something that you can say, look, uh, I'm not going frequently enough. You know, so I think the the three stools a week for me is is still um, an important, um, you know, checkpoint. Okay. Alfred in Pretoria. Good morning, Alfred. Hi, good morning, Katie. And the prof there. I'm a first-time caller from Pretoria. Welcome, Alfred. Welcome. (laughs) Hey, Katie. Uh, I'd like to find out from the prof. Look, I've been uh, suffering from constipation since uh, 2016. And uh, it, uh, you know, it came a time when uh, where I believe that it's so severe that, you know, uh, sometimes uh, 
you know, the, the, the prof mentioned some symptoms that actually I experience, you know, normally like uh, a bloody stool, uh, this and that. Most of the things that the prof has mentioned, that they are happening to me. I, I was even afraid when I heard him mentioning colon cancer, and I was wondering if maybe, should it, uh, is it the, that the case that maybe I, um, I maybe have that, that thing? Uh, you know, Katie, sometimes... Uh, I'm even afraid to eat maybe breakfast before I go to the because sometimes even if maybe my still live normal, I'm not suffering mm-hmm. from. But once maybe I start eating bef- uh, something before I go to to the loo, then after then after then I'll, I won't be able to go to the my 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 stomach will just be you know something else. So I'll mm-hmm. just like to find out from the prof. Of, of course, I should also mention that uh, I'm. Uh, Suffering from HIV since twenty uh, since ninety seven, mm-hmm. but I'm healthy, you know, all the same. And another thing, I've had the prof mentioning that the, the, some of the causes of uh, constipation might be maybe some supplementaries, uh, something like that. Yes, in twenty sixteen, before you know, I started suffering from it. I used Vascamen, and that's when I started. Uh, suffering from that for, from constipation and then I did a research from the and I googled it. I saw some of the causes of the of constipation so I'm wondering uh, how can I say get cured from it uh, then I'll listen to the radio thank you okay all right Alfred thank you so much for that call uh, Dr. Mark yeah Alfred uh, thanks for that question mm-hmm. um, so look you know you say the constipation has been there since about 2016, and you've noticed some uh, some of the things that I've mentioned, bloody stools and that sort of thing. So uh, you you need to go and 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 be seen and to have a proper workup. Uh, I didn't get your age, Alfred, but um, by the sounds of things, again, at the very least, you need to start at a general practitioner or or um, whatever whatever avenue you have to get into a healthcare system, whether it's in private or in state. Uh, but you absolutely need to be assessed um, and. Uh, and further workup needs to be done. You must not just sit with your constipation. Already it's been a five-year period of time, and uh, uh, we need to get on top of what the cause is in your case. And just to, again, reiterate to the listeners out there that uh, don't sit on the constipation for a prolonged period of time mm. before getting help because, you know, Kathy, what we are trying to advocate for, and not just in, in medical gastroenterology, but really in medicine across the board is, Prevention is better than cure, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if we can find a problem early and treat it and sort the problem out, obviously it's, it's the number one, it's first prize. You know, rather than waiting and then to find the problem when it's too far down the line, colon cancer was mentioned, you know, you want to get that seen and, and diagnosed and treated as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I could just really, one of the take-home messages is to the public is not to wait on the constipation. If it's causing you enough of a problem and discomfort, please go and have it seen too. We will continue with our conversation with Dr. Mark Ostrovsky and we're talking about constipation today. He is a specialist physician with the Charlotte Matlege Academic Hospital and the Vitz Donald, Donald, the Vitz Donald Gordon Medical Center. It's 11.30. Utsile Saku has your latest news headlines. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung.
So we are continuing with our health talk today. We're focusing on constipation. Dr. Mark Ostrovsky is with us. The number to use uh, to get in touch with us uh, to pose your questions to him is 011-714-2006. Malosi in Polokwane, good morning. Good morning, Rafael Daba. How are you, Malosi? I'm good, I'm good. And good morning to the doctor. Mm. Morning. Um, Excuse me. Uh, I've been wondering. I had the I uh, that is two years ago. Mm. I do um not regular jogging, like three times or two three times or two two times a week. Mm. I will do like uh, let's say ten kilometers or so. But my challenge is, two years ago I de- uh, something developed in my body. Like if I drink an acid drink, mostly Coke, right? Mm. I will develop so much constipation to the point that even my acid rises. And then the only remedy I will take maybe it's to, we we call it cleaning your stomach, right? Mm. Using something called Dr. Alba. And I'll feel better. I'll be okay. I'll go to toilet normally. But the moment I'll drink that again, at night I'll sweat, like I'll sweat and then it start with constipation again, mm. go back to stay. I mean, I end up even living, drinking, fizzy drink, I don't drink them anymore. I drink a lot of water. But the moment, even if I take a chance of drinking a half glass of it, I go back to the same problem. Mm. So I don't know maybe if doctor can help, what, what usually is the problem? Mm. Because it causes that that you during the night I'll, I'll I'll just sweat the whole body just goes sweating, I'll struggle to sleep until I clean up the stomach, and then thereafter I'll be okay. And Doctor Mark and mm. Malusi, just to just to check, is what you're using a laxative? No, no, no. They call it Doctor Alba. It's it just it's almost the same, Mr. Alba. It's almost the same as laxative. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right, Doctor Mark. Yeah. Um, thank you for the for the, the question, my friend. Um, so it's interesting, right? The uh, you spoke about fizzy drinks and, and carbonated drinks. They, they can absolutely cause um, bloating and, and and cramping and discomfort. Mm. Uh, so so I'm not surprised by that. It's interesting though that that is the, that your trigger for constipation. Uh, what I would advise in a case like that is if you've picked up the trigger to try and obviously avoid that at all costs. Uh, and yeah. rather keep on things that agree with you, right? Because, uh, you know, certain people's guts respond differently to various, uh, you know, food and, and, and drink. Uh, what I would like to just discuss there is, um, you know, taking over-the-counter uh, supplements to try and help you go to the loo. Uh, this is something not aimed at, at you, my friend, but really just the general public. Um, you know, we, we, we see, um, you know, in our liver clinic and that sort of thing here, People do take, uh, you know, herbal over-the-counter medications uh, that they believe will clear or, or clear out their, their their bowels or their guts, and and we've seen patients end up with severe severe liver injuries, um, and in fact mm, going mm, all the way mm. into liver failure from these sort of medications. Because unfortunately, we're not exactly sure what you know the full composition and what's in it and how how that affects you know the body and the liver. So yes. uh, what I would suggest is um, if you need to take something. To treat the constipation, it should be something um, either that is prescribed from your medical practitioner or, or something that is 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 okayed for constipation. All right, mm-hmm. that's very that's the first very important point. 
uh, and then obviously to avoid that your trigger, which was the um, you know the, the carbonated drinks. So uh, just getting back to certain things you can utilize that are safer uh, options for constipation in terms of laxatives. Um, you know there are different types of laxatives. The ones that we tend to use quite frequently here at uh, at Charlotte uh, are those of, of of lactulose, which is in a syrup form, okay, and something like Senecot, which is a tablet that we advise patients to take at night. Those are sort of the common things we we prescribe together, obviously, with what I mentioned earlier was the good diet uh, with lots of fiber, uh, good amounts of fluids and exercise. Uh, those are sort of, that's really generally the starting point. And then obviously to avoid, um, you know, the triggers. So like I said, in your case, would be the carbonated drinks. Mm. Uh, but again, uh, this is also the caveat that uh, we still, and I still, and all my colleagues still strongly advise that if the constipation is ongoing and worrying you, you should please get medical advice All and right. work. All, All right. right. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for that call, Malusi. Scully in Durban. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Good, 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 good day to you, Cathy, and to Mark, the doctor. Mm. Um, my take is, if you're um, like a lightweight person, and then it, it, it depends on the amount you consume, uh, that will be, you know, relieved, isn't it? You mean um, in terms of the amount of stool that you pass? The amount of food you eat will 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 that's what will will make you go you know um, to number two to relieve the food, isn't it? Not Even if it's a day or two, right? Not necessarily. I mean, if you think back to the, the I think it was the first or the second caller, you had a patient there or a person who goes and opens their bowels once a month. Now. I can tell you, even people that have a sort of a normalish diet, still sometimes not pass a stool, uh, or say in terms of volume of food or amount of food, they can still maybe not pass a stool for a week. So it's not it's not necessarily the amount you eat; it's more what you eat. So if you are eating a significant amount of processed food, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to have a good bowel movement. Mm. Yes, like a lot of fruits and things, you know. Um, like beside rice and so on, if you're not eating often, just the sliced bread here and there. Um, I mean, you're not going to go too much out, isn't it? Sure. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, you, again, it really comes to the, the 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 point of a balanced, a good balanced diet. That's the that's really the key. A good balanced diet with a good amount Thank of you. fiber. That's really uh, what we what we advocate for, right? All right. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you, Doc. All right. Okay, Scully. Thanks for that Thank call. Thank you, ma'am. Um, I've got. Let me see. What am I going to do? Okay. Let me just quickly go to Ivory. Ivory, Muffy Gang. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Good Hi. morning, Prof. And the listener. Mm. Morning. Yes, Kathy. I would like uh, to ask uh, the Prof this question. I do have a 24-year-old male who went for a surgery because of intestinal hernia repair. So after the surgery, um, he started just burping, you know, out of control. Can take like one hour burping like this. I just wanted to know if it's a constipation or what. And the person is drinking a lot of water and trying to eat balanced diet. Okay, so, sorry, just just to hear that correctly. So you said it's a 24-year-old who had what hernia repair? Intestinal hernia repair. A her- a oh, intestinal me- hernia repair, okay. Um, and you say now just develop significant burping. Yes. Okay. Is the is he the patient? Is he passing stool or or not? Yeah, they are passing stool, but uh, okay. like Reg- it, it, it regularly because when they are in the the closet, they just take you know a while. 
So, um, so just you know, from a mm. from a medical viewpoint, if you have somebody who's undergone recent surgery, particularly to the bowels, um, and they start developing symptoms of of constipation or or bloating or distension of the abdomen or nausea, vomiting, that's uh, a concern for a possible blockage after the surgery, right, or an obstruction. Mm. So, uh, you know, if those are the symptoms that he's experiencing. He needs to be evaluated um, as a matter of urgency, right? Uh, the, yeah. the, burping, the burping per se, um, it could be related to the surgery, mm. uh, but again, there could be a number of other possible causes. Was he having any burping prior to the surgery? No. So this was purely started after the surgery, hey? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it may be as a complication, uh, it's hard to sort of call it you know, over the telephone, but again, this would be a situation where this patient needs to be evaluated. Uh, back at where he had the surgery, most likely, and uh, he may need to have a scan performed uh, or, a, or a scope done uh, just to try and get to the bottom of where the burping is coming from. Right. Uh, but importantly, if he's got obstructive symptoms, uh, like I mentioned, so bloating, Do- nausea, Mark, vomiting. Dr. Yes. Mark, I'm going to interrupt you there. I'll give you an opportunity to finish after this quick break. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. You're live on The Talking Point and this week, our health talk for this Wednesday, we're looking at constipation. Thanks to all of you that have gotten in touch. I still have quite a number of uh, listeners that have are holding on the line. Jeff, Barris, Franz, I see all of you. I'll be coming to you in a moment. Our guest today is Dr. Mark of Ostrovsky and he is a specialist physician with the Charlotte Matgeke Academic Hospital and the Witz Donald Gordon Medical Center. So, just before we went to that break, Ivory in Mafikeng was calling to inquire on behalf of a 24-year-old male. Uh, Dr. Mark, you, I interrupted you before you could finish with that advice. No problem, Kathy. I, I just wanted to um, make the listener aware that if, if the patient has got any obstructive uh, symptoms, uh, in this case, so nausea, vomiting, or, or, or constipation, abdominal bloating after surgery, that person needs to be reevaluated as a matter of urgency. Okay, Ivory, yes. is there any other question you'd like to follow up with? Yes, I just wanted to to let the doctor know that uh, the surgery is not that recent. It was done in 2019, around November. Mm. So, sorry, what was done in November 2019? The surgery. The surgery. Okay. Yes. That you know, again, you know, you can still post surgery. You can develop adhesions or any other causes of an obstruction doesn't have to be perioperative it can be down the line so i would still say it it warrants uh, an evaluation okay thank you doctor i appreciate all right thanks for calling in thanks for calling in ivory let me go to jeff you're calling us from the eastern cape good morning morning kathy and morning dr mark thanks for taking the call Mm. um i'm just i'm calling yeah i've had constipation quite a bit of constipation and I found three very cheap um, things that work well for it. Um, one's Epsom salt, and the other's castor oil. And one I found recently by chance was bitter aloe crystals, which are from the aloe ferox. You buy them from the health shop, and they're little crystals, and those actually work amazingly well. Um, I just wondered, um, Dr. Mark, if you've heard of bitter aloe crystals, because I don't think many people know about them. Uh, you really hear about them and um, and why they would work. Um, 
to, to be honest, I've, I have had experience using um, using the the, the Taylor crystal. Um, I, I again, I just say with caution. Uh, you know, these medications you don't know what else is in it, and you don't know how it's going to respond with your body. So, I really just want to disclaim it to please be very very careful uh, with taking herbal medications over the counter. Yeah. Um, the castor oil, yes, it can be utilised, um, and. Don't recall the first uh, medication you said you used. Epsom salt. Epsom salt. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is, you know, those can be utilised. Um, and again, it, you need to listen to your body. And if it's working for you, um, then uh, I would, I would, you know, continue. But just be a bit careful with uh, that the, the, the herbal of the counter stuff. Um, in terms of other options, I mean, again, you know, health, health, uh, healthy lifestyle, exercise, and, and, and a good amount of fiber. If these agents are working for you, I would be uh, I would be surprised if the other options didn't work. So exercise and, and good amounts of fiber. Um, I don't know if you've tried those things. Yes, exercise definitely helps as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and a, and a kind of yeah, a, a healthy diet without lots of processed food and sure. and just natural things. I find yeah, sure. and less sugar and stuff. Yeah, that also helps. Yeah, but with those other three things, it's yeah. Anyway, thanks. Mm. All right, Jeff. All right. Thanks for calling us. Thank you very much. Bye. Barris in Durban. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Just uh, one story and just one question. Um, I had a constipation a few years ago. Mm. and I had to go to the emergency uh, doctor and he diagnosed me as just constipation. And he gave me like the enema liquid where you you put up your rectum and I also drank some of it. That kind of helped partially. But I was in serious pain and eventually I went to another doctor. They did uh, x-rays and the time they had uh, diverticulosis. And I put me uh-huh. on antibiotics immediately for about two or three days. And after that, I was perfectly clear. Obviously, now I know I shouldn't eat like strawberries and all those small things that could be causing it. And then um, just one question is, um, how regular is um, would a person go under normal conditions where, um, you know, if, if, you, if you're feeling healthy, you'd say twice, I go twice a day. If you're feeling sick, do you, should you avoid... Um, taking any of these, these like lactitudes or um, or should let nature do its course. And also, also the other question I've got is there any massage techniques that a person could use to try and help assist if you're feeling constipated? Mm. Okay. Um, okay. So just to the the, the first point, so uh, you know, your your actual story sums it up perfectly. Uh, you know, you had you had constipation, um, and then you had a workup and found a cause. So. You know, really, that that's what we, as doctors, are advocating for. We're saying that we need to take a good history. We need to examine a patient. And, and, and if it is a secondary cause of constipation, we need to try and get on top of it. So, uh, so I'm glad that that worked for you. Uh, just a point on the enemas that I wanted to just bring to I'm glad you brought that up. Um, people need to just be a little bit careful with what kind of enemas they use, okay? Uh, sometimes uh, Dr. Mark, the, the line to you is not sounding so great. I'm not sure if you on speaker or if you can just move a bit closer to your phone is it better now yes 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 okay sorry about that um so just yes in terms of the enemas um people need to just be a little bit careful certain enemas can contain certain uh electrolytes and chemicals like phosphate magnesium and if these enemas if they're pushed in and they don't come out people can actually get incredibly ill from them because the elements get absorbed into the body and they can cause lots of problems. So with enema usage, I would 
be more comfortable that's coming from a health professional, not just over the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just one aspect to, to just to consider. Uh, okay. In terms of your other question, you said any massage techniques. Yes, any massaging techniques that can help alleviate constipation or help move it along. Yeah, not really, to be honest. Uh, not. You know, anything you're going to be doing is, you know, the bowel, the small bowel is six meters in length uh, and the colon is a meter in length. So any massaging you're doing, you, you're not really sure what you're massaging, to be completely honest. Mm. All right, so, okay. thank you. I would say no to that. Is there a reason why it feels better, though? Um, probably uh, in your mind more than anything else because <laughs> you feel like you're doing something. So I would say more the placebo effect yeah, than anything else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Th- that's very interesting. Very interesting. France, thank you. N- thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Paris. Thanks for the call. France in Polokwane. Hello. Hello, France. All right. It looks like there's an issue with France there. So let me go to the WhatsApp line and take some of the voice notes that you've been sending in, also in the form of questions for Dr. Mark. So, uh, Dr. Mark, I'll play a voice note and you can respond to it immediately after. Sure. Hi, Kathy. Uh, this is Nogutula. I'm interested in your show currently regarding constipation. I would just like to find out whether the doctor would advise on colon cleansing, um, normally done by um, uh, homo uh, doctors. So if if you would just advise whether it's good or not. Thanks. Can I respond, Kathy? Yes, yes, go for it. Okay, thank you very much for the question. It's a very important question you've asked. Uh, we are terrified of patients ut- utilizing these irrigation techniques. Again, they can cause huge problems. If the the substance is too hot or too cold, it can cause a, a perforation or a hole in the colon, uh, which can be devastating. And like I said, some of the ingredients in the, the substance that would be utilized can cause, uh, if it gets absorbed, it can cause toxin-induced effects. Uh, so the the short answer is please do not do that. I get in the team that's anonymous in Gilly's case in. Please advise, can you ask the doctor if it's normal for one to go to the loo like three times a day? Because that's about me. I don't know, maybe that's a problem on this one. Please help. Thanks. Okay, so that's now more towards diarrhea, potentially. Uh, so it's hard to know what's normal for the particular caller. If that's more than his normal uh, passage of stool per day, then, uh, again, that would warrant an uh, investigation as to why the patient may be experiencing uh, diarrhea. Right. So, again, mm-hmm. I would advise that the patient or the person gets uh, um, a medical evaluation. Mm. Before we continue then with the WhatsApp voice notes, let me quickly take France, who was calling us from Polokwane. France? Kathy, how are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm good, and uh, thanks to the doctor there. Uh, Kathy, mine is uh, more uh, like an information that I'd like to share with the doctor mm-hmm. uh, because um, I'm practicing as a prophet, uh, you know, and I have a lot of clients coming to me to consult. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at most cases, uh, the doctor will tell me if I'm wrong or right. At most cases, they come to me and you ha- find out that they're having a constipation problem that is affecting their liver to grow, I mean, fat uh, because of the junk food that they are eating. And a lot of these people, they don't exercise, they don't drink a lot of water, and then they end up having, you know, some of them having some big bellies, and then uh, they end up having some piles as well. And at most cases with the ladies, you find that that uh, on their faces, they are having some black spots, some black marks, and then they apply a lot of makeup to hide uh, those things, only to find out that the problem is inside, not outside. So they have to deal with the problem uh, inside. And then the other thing, uh, they end up having some uh, bad uh, smell, you know, coming out of their mouth and some sweaty uh, 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 feet as well. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of our people, they must uh, just watch what they are eating and try to exercise and, I mean, and drink a lot of uh, of water uh, and avoid basic food like uh, the, the Cokes, like the other caller mentioned, you know, all those kinds of energy drinks. Mm. Dr. Mark? Um, yeah, again, I, I echo your sentiment, a good healthy diet with good amounts of fiber, exercise, and hydration is definitely the starting point. Uh, however, if people are not responding in that regard, then we need to look for other reasons. We can't just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just again, importantly, people that are above the age of you know, 45, 50 need a, a screening colonoscopy anyways. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to then continue. Okay, France, is, is there anything else you wanted to follow up with? Hello, France? Ah, oh, all right, we've lost France. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll leave it there with France then. I think we've got two more minutes left, Doc, so we'll see if we can squeeze in at least two more WhatsApp voice notes then. Sure. Kathy, it's Lazarus Mutimba from Emalatheni. I wanted to ask the, what is the relationship between water intake exercises and constipation thank you okay so good question uh what water does is it it helps to uh, bulk up the stool and it helps to get the gut moving so uh that's very important that helps to improve the passage of a soft stool and a regular stool and in terms of exercise um again it gets the muscles in the gut going and so it causes the muscles to contract and, again, helps to move the stool through the bowel towards the anus in order for you to pass the stool. All right. Uh, good morning, Kathy, and to your guests. I have a problem every day. I have to drink uh, hot water to pass uh, stool. Also, when I pass stool, the smell is unbearable. So what is the problem? Do I have because every single day my stool it smells unbearable. Dean PMA, thank you. Uh, good day. Uh, look, it's hard to give you an answer directly mm. on the phone, but what I would suggest is with those symptoms, one would require to be have a to have a full medical workup mm. to assess for the reasons. Mm. Uh, I, I can't really give an answer yeah. over the phone. All right. Dr. Mark Ostrovsky, let me thank you so much for your time on the Talking Point today. It's been a really helpful and educational hour with you, uh, you know, spending our health talk with you. And thanks for coming on and, sh- and just, uh, you know, taking the concerns of our listeners.
Such a pleasure, Cathy. Thanks for having me. All right. Dr. Mark Ostrovsky.